Merry Christmas. My name is Brad Watson, and this is the Saturate Podcast's Advent devotional called Preparing Room. This is a 25-day reflective journey through the themes of Advent, as well as the themes of being the people God called us to be, so I hope that you will enjoy it. In addition to this devotional, we also have resources on Advent that I'd love for you to check out at saturatetheworld.com. One is the Advent Community Guide, which will help you have engaging conversations throughout this season as your community gets together. There's also crafts and coloring sheets for children, as well as alternative ways to use it with your children and family gatherings. So it's a great resource just to use with families as well. Also, we have a holiday missional community planning guide that will help leaders engage and plan for this season so that people will grow in your community in their love for God during this season, their love for one another in this season, and their love for their neighbor this season. So make sure you check both of those out. And with that, let's engage today's reflection. What is peace on earth? At the center of the angel's announcement on the first Christmas night is this phrase found in Luke 2, 14. And it's what Linus quotes at the end of Charlie Brown Christmas tree. He says, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth towards men. Peace on earth sounds so trite. Most of us would rather ignore it. What, what kind of peace? Whose peace? And for those that experience the pain of this world in real time, the promise of peace on earth, even from the voice of angels, seems void on arrival. In the band U2's song, Peace on Earth, uh, released at the turn of the century, they put words uh, to what I often feel. The lyrics go in part like this. Heaven on earth. We need it now. I'm sick of all this, hanging around, sick of sorrow, sick of pain, sick of hearing again and again that there's going to be world peace. No who's or why's, no one cries like a mother cries for peace on earth. She never got to say goodbye to see the color of his eyes. Now he's in the dirt. Peace on earth. They're reading names out over the radio, all the folks the rest of us won't get to know, Sean and Julia, Gareth and Brenda. Their lives are bigger than any big idea. And they say, Jesus, can you take the time to throw a drowning man a line, peace on earth, to tell the ones who hear no sound, whose sons are living in the ground, peace on earth. Jesus, in the song you wrote, the words are sticking in my throat, peace on earth. Hear it every Christmas time, but hope and history do not rhyme. So what's it worth, this peace on earth? This question, what's it worth? What is this peace on earth? I believe these questions are the questions of this cultural moment. They are intellectual They're visceral. They're emotional. Does Jesus make a difference on this earth? Does heaven touch earth? Will anything stop war? Most of my neighbors and friends are, like Bono, tired of hearing about it every Christmas time. They're sick of the sorrow, sick of the pain, sick of not knowing what to say to those whose sons are dead and in the ground. So what do the angels mean when they sing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth? 
What is the value of this piece? What, what kind of piece is this? What does this even mean? I think most people answer this question in three ways. One, they say, peace is an absence of war. Peace in this concept means there's no more war, no more battles, no more shooting, no more weapons. It's a cessation of conflict between nations that create violence. Essentially, we just all get along in this idea of peace on earth. We put our weapons down and the cable news channels go out of business. And this idea of peace on earth with the the absence of war is found in the Bible. It's found throughout the Old Testament. We even read it in a previous reflection about the lions eating alongside cows. Uh, Elsewhere, we hear of weapons for death turned into gardening tools. Uh, The nations of the earth ending their wars with one another is part of what the angels are declaring peace on earth. That the child born in Bethlehem will bring about an end to wars. That even the promise of a child being born in Bethlehem in Isaiah was made amidst a war. But that's not all that this peace on earth is worth. Jesus doesn't establish a United Nations or NATO or a peace one through the principle of mutual annihilation. And, and honestly, most of us would settle for, for that sort of value of peace on earth. But, but it's not just an absence of war. Other people answer this question of what is this peace by saying it's an absence of conflict with one another. It's the end of conflict between friends and in our relationships. Christmas and the internal sentimental demands create the perfect environment, not for peace, but for conflict. Spouses disparage each other's abilities to decorate cookies. Presents drain the bank account and stress grows as you consider the bubbling family disunity that will be on display as you gather at your parents' house. Does the peace on earth the angels announce vanquish the relational unrest? These micro battles between persons are as self-evident as the geopolitical ones. Does, Does the arrival of Jesus throw us a line in redeeming the shame and guilt between humans that has fermented since that weary day in the garden when Adam and Eve saw themselves as naked and blamed one another? The answer is yes. Jesus removes the walls of hostility as he bears our shame in his body and blood. Jesus gathers us from the domain of darkness and places us in the holy communion of saints centered on his rescue. In his body and blood, we find healing for wounds, courage for forgiveness, new depths of love, not only receive to receive, but to also give. Jesus' arrival as the king brings peace on earth between men. Also, people ask or might think that that this peace on earth must mean a removal of the division between humanity and God. In fact, in the hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, you proclaim this idea, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Yes, peace on earth. Jesus on earth reconciles us to God. No longer are we enemies of God, no longer opposed to him, but we are made new. No longer slaves, now we are children of God at peace 
with our Creator. But peace is is not merely an absence of war, of conflict, and division. It's not just about no more battles or no more arguments or no more distance between people and their God. It's more. Peace uh, biblically means a flourishing world and humanity under God and with God. What the angels sing about is not just an absence of conflict, but the presence of God with humanity in such a way that we experience life, abundant, overflowing, rich life. It obviously requires a removal of evil, of war, of sin and conflict, because if God's presence is, is there, there will be no sin and evil and death and destruction. So, so the removal of these things, that's the process, not the payoff. God isn't emptying the world of pain when he arrives in a cradle. He's filling the world with his glory and his life. That is peace on earth. Peace is a person. And this cannot be ignored during Advent. Peace, the the shalom of God, is a person. Jesus' birth means peace has come to earth. The thriving and the life that he destined for us has come, and it's embodied within him. As we'll discuss more in a few days, he himself is our peace. Jesus' arrival brings peace into the world. Heaven came into a weary world as peace, and in him we live and move and have our being, as Paul tells the Greeks in Acts. In him we live, we move, we have our being. This is peace. Not only is he our peace, but the incarnation is what brings peace. God and sinners reconciled in Christ through his body and blood. The incarnation ends wars. It creates community. It brings us close to God. It ushers into a world full of peace where God reigns. And he gets everything he wants. And so as we enter in this second week of Advent where we will focus on peace, I invite you to consider where are you preparing room for Christ and his peace? His peace in war, his peace in the systems of our society, his peace in relationships, his peace in your church, his peace between you and our Father in heaven. Wait, before you go, I just want to say a few things about a new resource that's come out recently called The Gospel Basics for Kids. It's an amazing resource that we hope that you'll check out. It's for preschool-aged children, and it guides these kids through discussions and story and music and crafts and illustrations and coloring sheets, all to introduce these young children to the important discipleship Uh, realities of gospel, identity, rhythms, and essentially the way that we teach and train and disciple adults, we're doing it for kids because our children are not the disciples of the future. They're the disciples of today. And so go to saturatetheworld.com or amazon.com to learn more about the gospel basics for kids and get your copy.